Well, welcome. We're so glad that you've joined us for service here today. Uh, We've got a a great message uh, that's part of a a series on being true followers of Christ that we're going to get to in just a moment. But before we do, we want to take a moment to thank the Lord and to thank you for your faithful giving to God's vision that he's unfolding here at the Church of Grace and Peace. Uh, Our giving, our sowing, uh, we teach and we understand that it's worship, that it's a a part of our joy uh, to lay our uh, finance down and giving to the Lord, Uh, but also we are recognizing that it is causing God's desire, God's will through this church to happen. Uh, We are entirely uh, driven in our vision by the faithfulness of God's people as they sow into his kingdom. And so there is ministry and fruit that happens on and through the church campus, uh, on and through uh, online opportunities like our services here, and then there's ministries that we're partnered with in our state, in our nation, and around the world. So again, just thank you for your faithfulness, and let's ask God's blessing on all the finance that's been sown. So Father, we give you glory and praise today, and thanks for your goodness. God, thank you for allowing us to be your partners in seeing your kingdom advance. We recognize that stewardship and sowing and giving and generosity, that's that's a part of our worship unto you. That's a part of of our discipleship. But Lord, we also recognize that it's being partners with you to see your kingdom advance. So we pray your anointing and your blessing on every dollar and every cent that's sown. We thank you for ongoing fruit and for lasting fruit. God, we give you praise for it. And Lord, we do thank you for each person who has sown here today. Thank you that it's your promise to supply all of our needs according to your riches in glory. So wherever there is need, God, we speak your grace. We speak your abundance. We speak your faithfulness to every place of need. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to get to the message now, and again, we are in part two of a series on being true followers of Christ. What is it from a biblical perspective to be a Christian? Moving away from it being our cultural background or maybe the belief system that we got raised in, uh, but it being a true uh, picture of what does the Bible say it is to be a Christian. Now, last week, we uh, looked at the pathway to becoming a true follower of Jesus Christ. So we recognize that the pathway of being a true follower, the pathway of discipleship begins when we make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of our lives. And he comes to dwell in our heart. Uh, We said that that's a miracle, but that's the stepping onto the pathway. And then it's a life spent in pursuing him. And we actually looked at a handful of requirements that Jesus gave where he said, if you want to be my disciples, you must. So that was all last week. We're going to really springboard off of that this week and and dive into that topic a little bit more. Driving home this picture that biblical Christianity moves beyond agreeing with and mentally buying into a, a, a belief system. It even goes beyond buying into mentally that Jesus is the Christ. But we want to um, dig deeper today into this picture of it's a life spent following Him. It's a life spent of growing in Him, growing with Him, a life spent following Him. So our message here uh, as we go through it is going to really center in on three specific things that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4 
and verse 19. And so uh, we'll look at it now. It says, then he, this is Jesus, of course, Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So we want to pull out of this, this one verse, three powerful, simple, foundational truths that will help us uh, anchor more onto what it is to be a biblical disciple of Jesus Christ, to be a true follower. All right, so we're going to look at the, the first point that we see from this verse, and it has to do with, again, the term that Jesus uses, follow me. So our, our, our first truth that we're going to acknowledge here, so these are true follower truths. Number one, discipleship begins with a head-level change. And I'll kind of give you where we're going here. It's a head change, it's a heart change, and it's a hands change. So that's what we're going to look at uh, in some detail as we work through. So number one, discipleship begins with a head-level change. I know who Christ is, and I make a decision to follow Him. So again, Matthew 4, 19, then Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So we need to understand when he says, follow me, this is an invitation to be in relationship with him. Of our own will, we choose to surrender our lives. Uh, This is not a relationship of dominance, uh, of dominion and control over. This is one of the most incredible aspects of our Christian faith. Uh, It's a, a choice that we make to give our lives to him. And so, and as we talk about it being a head change, we're talking about the mind, the will, the emotions, right? So this is the the decision central uh, of, of a person is their mind, their will, and their emotions. We get a revelation of who Jesus Christ is, and then that leads us to dedicating our lives to Him. We get a revelation of who He is, and it leads to a choice that we make. It's rational. It's in our thinking. So, so on this level, this is impacting the way we think. When we get onto the path of discipleship, it should impact the way we think. This, this is about partnering and choosing to do life together with Christ. So follow me is Jesus saying, let me into your world and you come into my world. And this is the Lord's intention for us, Matthew eleven, twenty-eight to 30. This is Jesus again and he says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So this, this is a call of Jesus to everyone. Come to me. Uh, let's do life together. And Jesus shares what the process looks like. Uh, and, and we really got down into what this process looked like last week. But let me just make sure that we mention it again today. Luke 9, 23 and 24. Then he said to them, again, this is Jesus talking. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Now, we looked at this verse in Matthew last week. I'm putting it out here this week in, in uh, the book of Luke, the, the um, capturing of what Jesus said in the book of Luke. In verse 24, 
For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. And of course, this is a reference, again, just a little bit of refresher in last week, to dying to our will, our ways, our plans, our desires, laying it all down and letting Him put those pieces back together. Uh, No argument or, or debate. It's, Jesus, I not only acknowledge you to be Savior where I need to be saved, but I acknowledge you as Lord. You get to call the shots. You get to lead me. I will, in fact, follow you. The goal in this process is to no longer live to please myself, but now I live to please Christ. And again, remember, as we make that trust, that leap of faith to say, Lord, I'm going to live to please you, we can't help but to live so filled, so fulfilled, and so pleased uh, as we please him. It's just how God works. You know, we, anything we give up for him uh, doesn't translate to any real kind of loss. It's do we trust him that if I put pleasing me second, I will still be fulfilled? The answer is, man, when we're sold out for him, yes, absolutely. All right, so number one, Jesus said, follow me, and this is a head-level decision. It's our mind, our will, emotions. It's a, a dedication of our life to Him. And then we also see in this verse number two that discipleship involves, of course, right, a heart-level change. It's a change in our heart. Uh, we, uh, a growing disciple is going to be changed by Christ. But let, let's understand, it's by being with Christ. It's this life spent in following Him that the change that takes place on the inside works its way to the outside. And again, Matthew four nineteen. then He said to them, follow me and I will make you. I will make you. There's a process, there's a change, there's a growth that's going to happen as we're following Him. So we dedicate to Christ, that impacts our thinking, Uh, that leads us to personal transformation, right? So we engage our mind, our thinking, and we say, all right, I believe this is who Jesus said He is. I mean, of course, He's already working on our heart, our heart is being impacted, but then we say yes, we surrender over to Him, and then from that place, we start walking with Him, and dedication to Christ leads us to personal transformation. It ought to be that our life looks different uh, because Jesus is living on the inside of us. It's His desire that that miracle where we become born again uh, works its way into what we say and how we think and what we do uh, on and on throughout our lives. 2 Corinthians 13.5 tells us that uh, examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. Test yourselves, it says. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? unless, of course, you fail the test. So basically, you know, what this is telling us in Corinthians is, hey, if you have not made Christ Lord and Savior of your life, He's not living in you. And so that would be a failing of the test of, am I really genuine? Am I really an authentic Christian? Have I ever allowed Him to move on to the inside? So there's a lot of people out in the world that would acknowledge and mentally uh, uh, affirm, yes, Jesus is who He said He is, but that's not a guarantee of transformation. As a matter of fact, there's not going to be life transformation. There's not going to be eternal security and all that comes along with knowing Christ until we actually invite Him to live on the inside. And then, of course, it's got to move beyond just a a, a one-time decision. That's why Jesus says, you must follow me. 
So I love this in 2 Corinthians, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Am I following him? You know, was I walking down the path with him? And, you know, at some point he went right and I went left and wow, here I am. And there's not a lot of fruit and this transformation is not working its way out. It's not continuing to be um, visible to the world around me because I got to get back and I got to get to following him, right? Uh, It's one thing to know him, but it's an entirely new level when this knowing moves into our hearts and our lives. It moves into the way we're living in our day in and day out. So now uh, that the first impact, the head impact, was an impact on the way we think. This impact, this impacts the way we live. So when we make the decision to follow him, he begins working in our lives, and that work is going to bring transformation to the way we live. Now, we can see this in the book of Acts. We can see this all over our Bible. But just one example, in Acts chapters uh, 3 and 4, Peter and John, uh, they're on trial for preaching in public about Jesus. And earlier that day, they healed a man who had been crippled uh, since birth. And they, it says in the Bible, the guy's about 40 years old. He's been crippled since he was born, and, and now he's healed. So there's an incredible miracle that goes on. The people are all celebrating and rejoicing. And then uh, Peter and John preach Jesus, and now they get in trouble for preaching about Jesus. And here's the thing, uh, Peter and John, they're two fishermen. You know, they're two regular, ordinary, normal, uh, working class guys for their time, you know, who become disciples of Jesus Christ. And it says in Acts 4.13, now it's talking about the religious leaders that are yelling at them for, for preaching in Jesus' name. It says, when those leaders, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They're looking at these guys and they're saying they're not trained, they're not elegant, they're not from a, a certain crop of people that maybe carry authority or influence in, in the natural world, and yet they're astonished because there was so much fruit, there was so much stirring, there's so much kingdom influence that's happening in the lives of other people. But the thing that these guys saw was, wow, these guys had been with Jesus, and that stuff that was going on with Jesus, man, now that stuff is going on with them too, right? This is a great picture of, man, there's a transformation that happens. We become a new creation in Christ Jesus, and then that begins to be worked out and lived out in our lives as we pursue Jesus, as we follow him. You know, many make uh, the mistake of, of making their Christianity, um, uh, try to get this picture, just like a classroom experience, you know, I take courses, I do Sunday school, I listen to sermons, you know, I, I do the, the things I'm supposed to do, but it's, it's not a, a classroom experience. It's a, a relational transformation that is supposed to happen all the way through our lives until we see Him face to face someday. And uh, this is beautifully laid out in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. 
You know, so notice here, you know, it, this, this head-level change. I make a decision to say, now I'm not going down the path I was going down. I, I see who Jesus is, and I'm embracing that for myself. I'm making a conscious decision to follow after him. And then as I keep walking with him, and as I keep yielding my life to him, now I'm bearing fruit. There's a transformation, and, and I'm being exhorted. Don't any longer walk down the world and live the way the world lived, but be transformed by the renewing your, of your mind on God's word and God's ways as we worship, as the, the God life that's in us, because Jesus is now Lord and Savior of our lives, because Holy Spirit is now living on the inside of us. Uh, we, we want it to be that that life in us is being worked out of us. And you know, how cool is this? The transformation that happens in Christ. It's really all about us being restored to God's original design for us as humanity. Romans 8.29 says this, For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So this whole process, right, this transformation is us being conformed into the image of His Son. And when we go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, so God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female, He created them. So in the beginning, we were created in God's image, and then Jesus coming and dying on the cross uh, for the world was to give us the opportunity to be restored to that image, for our sin to be washed away, and for us to be put back in that place, conformed to the image of His Son. So, so uh, we're, we've looked at two different aspects of our discipleship that come from Jesus' call in Matthew 4.19. Follow me, and I will make you, and now he goes on to say, fishers of men. And so we talked about the head change that happens when we're true followers. We talked about the heart change that happens when we're true followers. Let's talk about the hands-level change that happens, and that's point number three in your notes. Discipleship involves a hands-level change. A genuine disciple is going to be committed to the mission of Christ. So this picture of fishers of men, remember we said earlier uh, many of the disciples were, were fishermen. And so he's saying, you're going to go away from fishing for fish, and you're going to become fishers of men. So we have a revelation of who Jesus is, and that turns into a dedication of our life to him, which then brings a transformation in the way we live. That transformation leads us to participation. We are so transformed. This is, this is God's desire as we live and walk as followers of Christ that it would lead us to say, I can't help it. I must get involved. Our hearts have been filled with His love and we are provoked to participate in what He loves and what's important to Him and what's His mission. Uh, we're going to bore down a little bit more on this in one of our future messages, so I just want to say a couple of thoughts to kind of get us 
oriented toward this understanding, man, if I am a true follower of Christ, not only is it going to bring transformation in, in um, my attitude and, 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 and holiness and the working out of conforming to Jesus and what that looks like in my life, but it's going to transform into my actions. It's going to transform into what's important for me, into my priorities. And the mission of Jesus, Luke uh, 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost, to come and seek and save the lost. So we need to have a heart and a burden. If we're going to be true followers of Christ, we're going to catch his heart, and we're going to care about the folks that don't know him. We're going to care about this broken, fallen world that's around us. And Jesus gave us a mandate in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. This is the core mission of God's kingdom, of God's church on earth. This is the, the core mission of every local church. It should be. It is certainly the core mission of why the church of grace and peace exists, because all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. He tells those who are his followers, those that, that have been born again and now are a part of his body, he tells us that we are to go and preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. When he says baptizing them in the name of the Father, that is we're going to preach we're going to give the opportunity for people to know Christ. They're going to make Jesus Lord and Savior of their lives, and they're going to be baptized. And then from that process, they're going to be taught to obey everything that the Lord commanded. And then Jesus says, and in this and with this, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm doing this with you. You're not going on my behalf, but I am living inside you through the Holy Spirit, and we are going to do this together. This is a verse that Man, I mention this so often in my preaching because it is so easy for us to get distracted from the mission. This is the centerpiece. As we yield our lives to Jesus as Lord and Savior, we talked a little bit earlier about we surrender our life to Him, and then He puts the pieces back together. And then His calling on each of us is going to look very different and unique, uh, different vocations, different uh, 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 pursuits. There's different giftings and wirings that God has placed in each of us. And then we're just going to be out in the different areas of our, of our culture and of our our community, but we're to be living with this mission front and savior, uh, front and center, uh, in all that we do. That Jesus is Savior, Jesus is Lord, and that we're to be uh, we're, we're to be ambassadors for Christ, uh, letting the world know uh, that Jesus is alive. That God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. So we are His voice, His hands, His ambassadors. So, uh, we spoke earlier about the impact on the way we think, uh, and, and then we moved on to the impact on the way we live. Now, we are looking at there is an impact on the way we serve. This will impact the way we serve. And again, th that, that works inside 
the walls of the church, serving in our, in our church, serving the body of Christ, but it also works in our taking the message of Christ to a lost world and playing our part in that process. Right? It says in Romans 10, 13, and 14, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So it's, it's just of such importance for us to make sure that we maintain God's heart. That we make sure that we live in a place of self-second and God-first. And as we walk with Him, we're going to carry a burden for the things that are burdens uh, to the Lord. We're going to carry joy for the things that bring the Lord joy. We're going to carry grievance and, and uh, pain over the things that grieve and pain the Lord. And then that is to be translated into our actions, into what we do. So our mission as a church, uh, disciples of Christ, should be reproduced. We should have a part to play in that somehow. Again, we're all wired differently. We all uh, have different gifts and strengths and talents, but we should all be acknowledging that goal and in some way contributing toward that happening. And then uh, we need to, uh, our mission as a church is to seek and save that which is lost. So I hope your, your heart is challenged here today. Uh, as I get ready to close, I'm going to move toward uh, some next steps uh, for us to look at. Some things for us to, to ponder, to say, okay, uh, in response to what I've heard here today, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? You know, uh, I heard somebody say one time, a preacher say that if we are not moving forward then, with Christ, then we're moving backward. There is no coasting. There is no standing still. To stand still with the Lord uh, is to be backsliding. You know, in these two messages, the message that we're talking about today and the one that we got into last week, you know, they, they carry at the core the very essence of what it is to be a true Christian, to follow after the Lord, to live a life in fellowship with Him. And as we do that, there's going to be so much fruit. There's going to be such a wonderful adventure and journey that we have walking together with Him. And again, that's something that's meant to continue for the long haul until we one day get to stand before Him face to face. So as we close here, I'm going to pray in just a minute, but I want to uh, acknowledge some uh, next steps uh, that we can take together. Uh, and, and there are next steps that are in your note sheet. And again, online, uh, you have some next steps that, that you can look at. Uh, if you joined us at any time during the message and didn't catch the, the welcome at the beginning, if you're watching and you're not at uh, graceandpeace.org. I would encourage you at this time, make your way over, or maybe when I'm done sharing some of these next steps, make your way over to graceandpeace.org where uh, you can uh, get more information and you can take the message and, and take some steps with it in your own growth and relationship with the Lord. So again, first steps that we can lo look at here uh, certainly are, uh, has, uh, have you made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life? 
If you haven't, uh, there's a place where you can check in on, on, on our uh, website on graceandpeace.org and pray a prayer of salvation and we can connect with you and follow up with you. We have some great material we can give you. Maybe uh, you're watching today and you're saying, you know, I've really let go of following after him. I'm not walking with the Lord the way I should. Uh, then perhaps, you, you know, uh, you can uh, take a next step of rededicating your life to Him. And, and then looking at your life on what has to be done different uh, so I can continue to walk in fellowship, so I can continue to walk following after Him. We talked about uh, our hands, putting our hands to work in serving Him. And I'd say there's a couple of different areas that we can look at on that. Uh, are, are you uh, using your hands in serving the, the greater work of reaching the world? And uh, th that is in any of the various ways uh, here at our church that, that we serve in order to see the vision go forward. So that could be serving as a greeter, serving as an usher. That could be serving in our food pantry, being a part of our uh, outreach in Seaside. Uh, it, it could be things like serving on our, our video team, uh, being involved with uh, discipleship ministries. There are so many different ways where, where uh, what happens throughout the life of the church, throughout the week, and throughout any given month, as we put our hands to serve in those areas, we are seeing the ultimate goal of the advance of God's kingdom take place. That's why I say it doesn't necessarily have to be something where, you know, somebody is, is shouting from the housetops and where somebody is the preacher, as it were, but just simply all of us doing a part to see this beautiful picture of there is a presence on Old Freehold Road uh, where you can come and meet Christ and those believers are out in the community and serving and loving. Maybe it's serving in, in a growth group, a lot of different ways. So that's one way where we can apply our hands, but then there's another way where we can apply our hands uh, toward caring for and reaching for the lost. And that would be just, just taking a look at, are we intentionally, carefully doing anything to see people reached for Christ? Seeing people that don't yet know Jesus come to know Jesus. And again, there's, there's a, a handful of ways that we can do that. I'm moving a little bit outside of some of the action points, bringing a little more detail that in, are in your notes, but consider some of these things. Uh, are you, as a disciple of Christ, in any way furthering the lost being reached for Christ? And you say, all right, well, what does that look like? How, I can, how can I do that? Well, do you pray for the lost? Do you pray for unsaved loved ones, unsaved neighbors? Do you pray for your community, for, for our state, for people that don't know Christ to come meet Christ? Second thing you can do is make yourself available to invite folks to come to church with you. Uh, maybe for online church and invite folks to participate in online church service. That's a way that you're just simply uh, taking an opportunity to help folks that don't know him come to hear the gospel message. Another thing you can do is get in the habit of sharing your own testimony of how you came to meet Christ and what it's meant for you. Being comfortable in sharing that, sharing it briefly, uh, and being willing to share that as God would give you the opportunity. Then another thing that you can do is get comfortable in sharing the gospel message. If somebody says, well, what does it mean uh, to become a Christian? What is, it, what, you know, what is this all about? What, what exactly did you do? You know, and, and being, you know, getting comfortable in, in sharing the gospel with others. So those are just a couple of ways that, that you can take that step. So uh, there's some other things that are down in our notes uh, that are, again, available at our Next Steps page if you haven't grabbed them already. How is it that the Lord wants you to respond to today's message? 
Would you bow your head with me and join with me as we close in prayer? Well, Father, we do thank you so much once again for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. We are so grateful that you don't love us from a distance. We're so grateful that this great sacrifice of what Jesus did on the cross was not something that left us at a distance until someday we would see you. But Lord, you have set this up to be something where you come to dwell in our hearts, where you bring us close, and where we now have this incredible privilege to walk in fellowship with you as you live inside us all the days of our lives. Lord, we pray here today as we've now taken another look at what it is to be a true follower. Lord, that you would speak to us and you would show us the areas that need to change, that need to improve. Lord, uh, the, the things that, that you want to impact in our living that maybe we haven't addressed yet. We're saying, Holy Spirit, shine your light. Show us what steps we need to take to be more genuine, to be more living as true disciples. And again, I ask, Lord, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit to overflowing, that we could walk with you in your power, that we could bring glory to your name. All of this we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. We're cheering you on. We look forward to seeing you next time.